Wonderful weather. The sky and the wind, the breeze is just so right. It makes you want to leave the office. The sooner, the better. And one man who managed to do that and had a great excuse uh, to leave the office to come and enjoy what he called our Friday party. Like, oh, is this how you do your Fridays? <laughs> uh, because the sound check was happening earlier on. Listen, you don't want to miss Sun L Musician. He's our 702 Unplugged just after 2.30. He brought uh, Simi out, uh, one of the vocalists that he's collaborated with, uh, with him today. And he He's also got S-Tone, another vocalist. Absolutely impressive. So um, you don't want to miss it because it's happening after 2.30. We are going to do the live stream on Facebook. Um, as Even though we're out, we're doing the live stream. Fingers crossed all goes well so you can watch it as well. Uh, but before we get there, I've got our Friday profile. And our Friday profile is a young South African who is adding value and helping to transform the South African uh, uh, television landscape. I think when you look around, it's clear, it's evident that South African television can be praised for its quality of local content. He is the founding partner and creative producer of Siriti Films. Kutwano uh, Ditsele has been a key industry player for a number of years now um, in the television space, in the commercials, film, as well as television drama space. He's worked and co created some of the top dramas in South Africa. He was at the bomb shelter um, and now he's moved on. We'll talk about the new move, you know, the big leap that he's made. Uh, but it, that was television's A-team in essence because they brought us shows like Yizo Yizo. I mean, how legendary is Yizo Yizo? Uh, but uh, that, the shows that Kuklano's had a hand in are shows like Isibaya. That's a massive show. Ayeye, I remember loving this particular production. The Road, there is the very popular Istembiso. And then more recently, The Herd. Um, and he joins us now as our Friday profile. Hey, Kutlano. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Fantastic. What have I left out there? Uh, Ismaya, Ayeye, The Road, Istembiso, The Herd. What? Zone 14. Zone Jacob's 14. Cross. Oh, Jacob's Cross. Yeah. Oh, no, yes, yeah, zone, with Zone 14, you had to cast. The replacement for Terry Petto when correct. she left the yeah, show. Yeah, mm, and, and you're I, quite junior at the time. I, I was actually just hanging around and um, I didn't have a job. <laughs> and uh, they said they needed a person. And I thought, um, well, I have a friend who acts. And um, I, as if I, thought, as if I thought that's what it takes, right? And then I called my friend who acts who came to audition. And we, uh, she auditioned. Her name is Tuli Tabete. Oh, wow. And um, we, went to high, we were like, we were friends since high school. And a lot of people came in audition. And it just turns out that actually after all the people that they all checked out, Tuli got the role. Tuli so got the role. I, I love her in the Benelin ads, by the She's way. Fantastic. She's fantastic. Yeah, she is. She, is. she, is. she, she is. really is. But you're a child of the 80s, right? You grew up in Mafikeng. Mm. Uh, people who grew up in Maftown in that Mangope era, they have a different experience we to sure the rest of us. We sure did. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, about in 2015, yeah. I went down with uh, Angus Gibson. We were going to look for um, actors for his 10 beats. It was the first time he'd been to my freaking. Yeah. And he drove around and he's like, has it been like this all the time? I'm like, pretty much. Like, this is suburbia. I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of how we grew up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hell of a place. What was it like growing up there? It's fun, you know. Um, I mean, I kind of grew up all around the Northwest, really. Um, you moved a lot. Yeah, we moved a lot. Rustenburg, Mafikeng, at some point, we in Mabobani in the Northwest. So, um, I kind of have a good sense of the Northwest. But, and I've been lucky because every time we moved, somehow there was the, the film bug was just right next to me. So, in Mabobani, 
not too far from where we lived there was a drama series that was being shot there so i used to be like the little boy that sits outside there and kind of so just and watches like what are these strangers exactly. doing here yeah. what, are, what do they call that what are they doing Is, awesome. would you say that's when your curiosity about film and production was peaked no doubt I'm, so like when other kids were collecting toys i was collecting vhs tapes with what on them like all kinds of movies like my uncles used to bring me VHS tapes all my cousins knew they gotta bring me tapes I just loved watching movies and I watched movies over and over till I could repeat all the dialogue and knew what was wrong and I just from I was a weird kid yeah. just loving stories so yeah we used to do the same thing too mm. we would record actually shows that were on Bob TV yeah, yeah. Uh, because the content was in a way, there were some shows that were a little bit ahead of their time here and there, you know. Uh, but obviously, it felt also a little bit, um, I don't want to say rebellious per se, but you had SABC. And then if you were lucky enough to catch Bob TV, you had access to something that nobody else Absolutely. had. Yeah. Uh, so it also, Radio Bob, Bob TV had a huge influence. Yeah, my parents worked there as well. Oh. That's where they met, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm kind of a child of Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's. Would you say through your formative years, it was the the this, this thread ran through your life? I think the romantic in me wants to believe that. Okay. Um, because it's with the help yeah. of hindsight, exactly, ultimately, exactly, when you look yeah. back at the time and the exactly. moment. Because you're like, where did it come from? And mm-hmm. it just it was it seemed it was always there for me. So, um, you know, my mother was all my mother kind of picked up quite early that me and films is quite different. She stopped watching movies with me when I was younger because I would ruin it for her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she would always support and always bring tapes, whatever movies she would find. She just like get up and just bring them for me. Yeah. And she continues to do so. Which so, yeah. dialogue can you still recite? Ah, oh, pretty much all my favorite films. Like what? Give us a little bit, maybe something popular. Be oh no, you're gonna make me act like the worst. <laughs> it's not the world. acting, you're just, you're just saying lines. What's that like? Have you seen, um, oh my god, you put me on the spot, uh, Jack Nicholson? Yes, yes, uh, you, you know, you want the truth, you can't handle oh, the truth. Yes, You've my favorite, like that's one of a my brilliant favorite. performance. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could do it as well as Jack, but I'm gonna mess it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know, I was, um gave a little bit of a talk at the my french film festival on the weekend mm. and it made me preparing for it it made me think about the role of film in our lives mm. you know um for instance the champ in my world was a, a, a movie that made quite an impression because there's a little child who's grieving for who's just gotten to know his troubled father life is tough for them uh, they have to hustle and he uses his fists you know, mm. to box mm. to have to create a livelihood and then he dies in one of the boxing matches and at the end here's this little boy TJ crying in one of the final scenes like mm. can't believe his father's dead so for me it's like how a child's grief for a parent Absolutely. then entered my world mm. or you think of cry freedom and the impact that it had on politicizing so many of us Sarafina did the same for a generation you Absolutely. know about the reality of what was going on in South Africa mm. so film does do that it does yeah I mean I, I you know I didn't grow up with my father and a lot of films that I was watching younger with kids and their fathers like I kind of picked up you know, wow. lessons along the way yes. as well. How to be a gentleman. How I just learned it all from films and songs and music. Like kind of like entertainment yes. kind of helped me um, fill that gap um, quite a lot. So yeah, so I have a lot of love for it. So what does that do to the your understanding of your responsibility? in the role that you occupy as a creator of content. We have to be very careful. I mean, a lot of people are watching. So with everything that we do, we always try to find some kind of a message that speaks to the tone of where the country is. Um, right. You know, in, on The Herd, we had a big conversation around generational wealth and legacy because it feels like right now we that's the conversation, land ownership and just continuing things. So we have to always, um, we always have to find um, 
what is the pulse, what is the conversation in the country with Isibaya, um, it felt like at that moment, you know, we all, we're all very cultural, but it wasn't represented on television. And when we, when we put that on TV, like everybody, all of a sudden people were doing their memo laws and they wanted to go home. And, you know, this thing that was embarrassing for them, all of a sudden it's like, but I have to do it. They did in secret, but now, exa- now they're happy like, to open so, and exactly. share. Exactly. So it's very important for, um, for me as a filmmaker to kind of always be listening to what the pulse of the country and the world is and to try and yeah. add my voice to that. Yeah. yeah. One of the shows that you did, and I remember I can still recall the hype, mm. firstly, the hype mm. before the show started. Um, and when it began as well, aye, yeah. we're at an agency today <laughs> and you pretty much also put into the spotlight a group of the lives uh, of young people mm. who are excelling, who are mm. thriving in these spaces, mm. who want their slice of the cake in these spaces. Absolutely. That was, would you say that was after, where did this come in your career? Would you say this was your first proper project where you had the greatest role so yeah i mean i um when i first came to bomb i'd actually written some scenes from the show when i was like sitting after film school had nothing and it was nothing it was just like a scene of a guy and he meets a girl and um and what i really wanted to get out was that i wasn't seeing my peers represented on tv because majority you know mass television is represents the mass you know south South africa south african stories and it felt like my friends have opportunity my mm. peers have had opportunity which is not the narrative of south africa so i thought it would be interesting to just do a show that shows young black south africans who have opportunity um so that's really where the the, the seeds of aia came from yes i find and it interesting that you say have opportunity versus who are privileged absolutely i, I, I just yeah. found that <laughs> sure sure yeah because I, for me that's really what it boils down to i mean i think you know we live in a very difficult difficult country you know we a lot of us are in a bubble mm. the rest of the country isn't aia um, but it still, for me, felt like a story that still needed to be told. And yeah. it became a very niche thing. And it's quite interesting because all the people who, who have opportunity when they watched it, they could relate to it. Yes. And, um, you know, I, use, I always have this guy that uh, pours uh, petrol by, by, by my house. And I always use him as a, as a gauge for mm-hmm. the different shows that I do. And I, yeah, it didn't hit him. But every <laughs> other show that I did got to him and I kind of knew I'm like okay cool I, I, I understood where I is set yes, you know, yes. um, in so the, he's representative of the mass audience yeah, who you're saying was represented absolutely. before when we speak about Isabel he goes insane speak about the herd he goes insane Aye is like hi but she never I get to be like you know like what will I spend this how like nah yeah the whole day so I was like no I don't understand these guys who must work you can't quit your job what are you thinking so yeah it's kind of that's really where he kind of came from was just yeah. me wanting to give a voice to my peers right um, so yeah. you talked about um the year you spent after studying yeah uh so let's look at that period mm. of your life because you studied at what boston before you went, at, to before went to the LA. us yeah. yeah yeah so when i came back i mean I'd been, i spent like um just over a year in los angeles and like was at the height of my dreaming like i was the biggest dream ever and i came back and got hit with the reality of not having opportunity and knowing that I have to find that opportunity. Yeah. Um, when I came back, I thought, oh, I'm the guy from LA. Area's going to want to work with me. It wasn't quite so. So I was very difficult. So I had to now go back from being the guy who, you know, was on these film sets in Los Angeles, Universal Studios, to saying, hey, any job, each job, each job, let me get whatever job I can get. And I got this um, job as an intern on the show called Before the Fame. And I was walking around. And through that, because they were interviewing a whole bunch of people, I started meeting people around, um, you know, I, re- I met the Mete from Bomb that started kind of that relationship. I met David Gao, who then reintroduced me to Tebo four years later because he, I, I, 
couple of months later because I did something and that's really how my career started to yes, um, to yes. go off and I became the guy that just sat um, at bomb once I got this opportunity um, and I sat there every single day just waiting for them to kick me out and they then they did it. Eventually said fine Eventually. here have a job. Exactly okay. yeah because well I found Tuli and they're like okay maybe try find more and then you know I got that casting job and yeah I stayed around for a bit. That's so interesting you probably do have to uh, respond to questions from young people asking about I really want to do this it's my passion I want to get into this space uh, and listening to how you got in and I'll talk about my own experience from early on as well I also had to kind of stick around you yeah. have to be quite persistent yeah. you know very persistent stick around don't give up you will get no's no mm. after no after no mm. or half a something promising yeah. this that mm. Uh, but you can't give up. No, you can't. I, I remember I read a quote somewhere. I don't know if it was a quote or what it was, but somebody said, you must be smart enough to be lucky. So you must be smart enough to know where the opportunity may come from so that when it comes, you're lucky enough to be there. Yes. And that's what, for me, that's what my journey was like. If I hadn't woken up to go and do that job on Before the Fame, I wouldn't have met all these people. But because I was in the room and I wasn't chasing money, I didn't ask them for any money. I just said, I just want to be here. And even at bomb, I just want to be here. And then, you know, I think I was there for about maybe six months without getting a single wow. cent until one day I got this email on a rainy day and I had no petrol in it and they sent me a message saying, you know what, we want you to join us and um, here's your first salary and I thought, what? Yes. Um, yes. It just kind of came out of nowhere. So you have to be in the room. If you're not in the room, you're not going to get yes. you're not going to see the yes. opportunity. Uh, yeah. I was in, at Times Square with a couple of ngutus on the table with a bunch of friends when I got the call to say, someone didn't come to work, you've got to come and stand in. I was like, yes! I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Yeah. Let's take a break. It's 31 minutes past two. Uh, if you've just joined us this afternoon, I don't even know. He's a creative producer. So there's a range of things that he does in any of these kinds of productions. But he's had a hand in some of uh, South Africa's South African television's biggest shows. You look at how often they trend, the talkability, the headlines that they make. And I wonder if for producers and creators, this is an indication, a marker of success to be able to trend, to be able to, to uh, be written about in the to the extent to which they have uh, things like Isibaya, Ayeye, The Road, um, Istembiso, and more recently, uh, The Herd. So when we come back, more with Kukwano The Friday Profile. It's 24 minutes past two and we continue our conversation with executive producer, director uh, and managing partner at Siriti Films, Kukwano Ditsele, a.k.a. The Filmmaker. (laughs) So you recently posted an interesting thought and I just want you to expand on it a little bit. Um, And you said supporting local is a gateway drug applauding mediocrity. That's just part of it. So what is the story? You have to read the rest of it. The rest of it. You have to read the rest I'll of it. The rest, of, it, the rest of it on. was that, um, like, I feel like I said we have to add excellence to that um, somehow. To that statement somehow. Supporting so support local, local. Exactly. Or supporting local excellence. It's just, when I say gateway drug, I feel like we often have, in all sectors, we kind of have this thing of, I made it here, it's South African, so support. And I, I kind of feel like that's not enough. Like, mm-hmm. it has to be South African, but it has to really be good. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of people that are doing excellent work, but there are also a lot of people that are just kind of firing under the banner, just come watch my thing or buy my dress or buy my... Because it feels like 
just because you're feeling it's lo- blackmailed yeah is there an entitlement exactly is there as well entitlement? just because it's, it's just local? because it's local it has to be great i mean you have a business as well you don't want to be people to come by oh well it's, it's a it's a it's a local no it's excellent work that's what i want to support i wanted to always be supporting excellent work but excellent doesn't just become excellent no absolutely not yes you gotta get on the road to excellence you still need a level of support for sure but let me take it to film, right? I know that there are things that I've done on the way to being where I am that you will never see. <laughs> because okay. I know they're not excellent or they're uh, not on the way. So we also have to be critical of our own selves and have to say, okay, well, this is the one thing that's just sort of not, it's me practicing. And once I get myself to that part, then we will start going on. Perhaps, you know, we don't have those going back to get to opportunity and many people don't have the opportunity to fail and fail and fail again. Sure. So it is a very, I knew it was a very controversial statement. I knew, and it's, I almost want to put it with terms and conditions because there is a long journey to becoming excellent. But yeah. I feel like as people, we have to push. There's a lot of complacency that comes out that leads, that lands us in a mediocre space. Hmm. But I think that we have to fight out of it. We have to step back and look yes. at the shows. that We look at our shows and we say, maybe it's not as, maybe this particular episode or maybe this part- is not as great. We have to push ourselves even further. So I just kind of feel like I'm not sitting in a space where I'm thinking, oh, all I'm doing is excellent work. I'm hypercritical of the work that I do. I can tell you I all the mistakes. I think a lot of creatives exactly. are. Yeah. Creatives are really exactly. hard on themselves. Yeah. So I think I can point out to you every single job that I've done and what really was terrible about it. You know, right. um, so and that's kind of what makes you excellent. So um, it is a very controversial statement, but I think more than anything, I want it to be a driver for people to mm-hmm. look at the things that they do and say, how do I... How do I look at my work and say this isn't good enough? If I've got a if I've got a, a beauty parlor, I'm gonna come over to you know to to, um, to a zinnia spot and say, okay, what are they doing? Okay, mm-hmm. maybe I gotta go back actually mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. how no, it's, do we? It's a you con- know what I mean? It's constant work. Absolutely, actually. yeah. Constant work. But yeah. I want to get your thoughts in the time that's left. We'll have, mm. have three minutes left or so on um, the industry. Mm and industry transformation so you go into what is seen at, or you got to work at uh, the bomb shelter with mm. what can easily be said to be royalty in this country right. and now you've taken the leap to do your own initiative mm. to run your own organization that um, takes a lot of courage yeah. um, and the work has to be coming from somewhere and that somewhere has to also be a transformed uh, space. Mm. What do you think of just transformation within this entire value chain? I think we've got a long way to go, mm. and I think that there are a lot of tries that people are taking. My my view on it is you just have to be um, intentional with the organizations that you have. So at Sariti, that's we're very clear. Like we're we're gonna push, not necessarily to say the white guy won't get a job at Sariti, but we're gonna push the excellent guy, um, no matter what. So I think that there's a lot of spaces where people kind of rest on oh, well this person's been doing it for 20 years but you know and so they can't move then they can't they can't, they can't you can't bring this person who's been doing it for five years well actually that person who did it for 20 years had that time to kind of mold yes. you know, and young black guys have we've only been doing it for how many you can name probably five yeah. you know solid cinematographers that are black or you know a handful of black directors a handful of but we're coming, we're coming on up and we just have to keep away. And going back to that tweet again, we have to get ourselves to that excellent space where mm. you can't just be looked at as the black guy, but as the excellent guy. So mm. it is, um, I do feel like as time is going, guys are having more opportunities to push themselves into a space where they're not looked at by color, um, but just more by the work that they have. So right. it is a complicated space, but yeah. I think that the country is taking leaps. No, and I think there. it's been some, from certain people, there's been a forceful. Yeah. Uh, taking of 
the space or uh, because it's, you've waited so long Absolutely. and if you're not getting that break yeah. you have to also then make the path yourself Absolutely. it's one thing to complain and to say there isn't transformation but you then have to go out and say well I'm going to create my own Absolutely. do your own thing um, so where and when do you get your best ideas when I'm driving or when I'm or, any, or like on a plane or anything like I had to be like on the road so I, I like I listen to music a lot so whenever I'm in my car things just start coming to me I always call my partner be like I got it yeah you know what I mean like it's what will happen to me when I'm driving and then I go home and then I gotta sit um, and put it down or call a writer that I know so a lot of writers like you're always on the phone when you speak and I'm like this is I just had the idea so like where are you no. let's meet let's meet let's meet I just <laughs> yes. have this idea so Really, when I'm when I'm when I'm in transit for for whatever reason. Wow! Yeah. And what is your biggest dream? How big is your dream, as far as this what you're doing is concerned? My dream is to make South African films that are competing with the local, with the international box office. I want like I want the studios to be feeling us. Yes. From here. Yeah, because uh, you didn't stay in Hollywood, even no, though you, I always you to come back trained home. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I always wanted to come back home. I love South African stories. Yeah, I love African stories. So my dream is to see all of our stories. Sure, of course we can do it with Warner Brothers and the rest, but I want like I want it to be like uh, I'm sure it's one day to be eighty percent South African, full on production that is competing with your Batman's and your whatnot that is just kicking butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. It's big. And it better scare you. Oh, it sure does. <laughs> it, does. it sure does. Good Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you. So it's uh, the filmmaker. The, the filmmaker on yeah. social media yeah. if you want to interact with Kutlano but otherwise he is the co-founder of Siriti Film and they have the commercial side Absolutely. as well as the television side yeah. yes yeah. got that and um, film coming up and film as well yeah. yes one of the partners some of the partners are working on films we are in great anticipation I just love what the energy in uh, this particular group of young people and what they're bringing mm. the content yeah. and the things that they, they're producing it's, a, so it's, all such, of the best. it's such a fun house at Siriti right now and all the guys are listening it's a hell of a great time we always have a party we always love um, creating stuff so, something yeah. like this you always Absolutely. have something yeah. like this no, no, it no. is a party